This is the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. Hello and welcome to the 7-Eleven edition of the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. That's right, it is July the 11th, 7-11-2023. Another day, another series of Biden blunders occur, and America just sits back, embarrassed, humiliated, while the rest of the world laughs at us, plots and plans against us, and there's not much you or I can do about it. Joe Biden is giving away our military secrets and exposing our military weaknesses for all the world to see. And it's not a good thing. Joe Biden made another crucial blunder this week, proclaiming on national television, which is watched worldwide, that the United States is low on certain types of ammunition used by our military. The Twitter sphere was set ablaze with commentary about the latest gaffe, the latest slip to come from gropey Joe Biden's mouth. Logan Dobson is a political operative who says, gotta love when the president of America goes on CNN to tell everyone we're low on ammo. Ian Miles Chong is a political commentator. Ian says, Joe Biden wasn't supposed to say the quiet part out loud. We've run out of ammunition. But now that the cat is out of the bag, one must ask whether continued support of Ukraine's military is even feasible as the conflict rages on. In other words, we're low on ammo here in the United States of America, and Joe Biden is shipping our remaining ammo to fight a war to reward the leaders of a nation that shielded his son, the cocaine addict Hunter Biden, from prosecution for crimes in a foreign land. The White House officials scrambled to try and clean up the mess. They sent an email to Fox News Digital. Why? Because Fox News was the only network to report the blunder as the blunder it was. The email said, quote, the military has specific requirements for the number of weapons systems and ammunition we maintain in our reserves in case of contingencies or military conflict. Everything we sent to Ukraine is in excess of that, so the U.S. is not running out of ammunition ourselves." Unquote. Sounds like bullshit to me. Despite the contest from the White House, conservative pundits are not convinced that the U.S. is not in dire straits when it comes to being prepared for a military conflict. Jack Posobiec is the Human Events Daily Podcast host, and he said, we don't have the weapons to keep Americans safe. He interviewed retired Colonel Tony Schaefer about gropey Joe Biden's plans to now send cluster bombs to the Ukraine and the U.S. munitions shortage after supplying significant amounts of military weapons to Ukraine's war effort and Joe Biden's promise to send even more. This is a quote from that podcast. There's been 41 acknowledged draws from our global for position stocks of ammunition that are there for us to go to war with a variety of potential enemies. Those are supposed to be there for the purposes of our military forces showing up at a location, being able to draw rapidly, and have at least 30 days of weapons available to go fully into combat with a near peer. 41 draws is not a good thing. As a matter of fact, I think it's closer to 50. They've only acknowledged 41. I think they've drawn to the point of where we basically have no wartime stock left. 
and that's a dangerous position for us to be in if we're actually thinking about trying to challenge the Chinese if something happens in Taiwan. There's other things that could happen in the Middle East. I think we're in a very dangerous time and our concern, my concern, should always be can we provide the men and women of the American military sufficient military force and ammunition to prevail? And I'm skeptical at this point. Joe Biden himself acknowledged this, unquote. This is a dangerous slip considering China seems to be chomping at the bit to battle it out with America and they're trying to use this Taiwan and Hong Kong issue to bait the trap. Gropey Joe Biden let the slip occur while trying to defend his administration's poor decision to send cluster bombs, which cause grievous injuries to civilians, to Ukraine as a transition period until more actual usable ammo is produced. Cluster ammunitions are widely considered in the world as illegal. The Convention on Cluster Munitions prohibits the use, the transfer, the production, the stockpiling of cluster bombs. But Joe Biden and the United States and his buddies in the Ukraine did not sign on to that ban against those heinous weapons. There are many U.S. allies, however, that do and have signed on. A majority of the countries in NATO think those bombs are horrific and should never be used. The Biden administration itself condemned the use of cluster bombs at the beginning of the Ukraine war, but now Biden is sending them to the Ukraine. In February of 2022, just five days after the start of the Ukraine-Russian war, when asked about Russia's use of such unconventional weapons, former Joe Biden White House press secretary Little Red, the circle back girl Jen Pisaki, declared, we have seen the reports if that were true, it would potentially be a war crime." Unquote. Many in America agree that sending such weapons is not a good look for the U.S. or the Biden administration, but he doesn't care. In fact, Joe Biden found himself at the center of attention after an unexpected moment during a live television broadcast. We're pretty sure he shit his pants and had to get up and leave the studio. We're fairly certain Biden crapped himself. He stood up and left the studio while cameras were still rolling. Some say it was a health problem. I say he shit his pants. But some on the Democrat side say he did it as a power move. I think he did it because he shit his pants and was senile. He heard something and just got up and walked away. President Biden bizarrely stands up and walks off camera during a live TV broadcast is the title of an article. President Joe Biden, age 80, appeared on MSNBC for an interview with Nicole Wallace. They spent about 20 minutes discussing multiple topics, including the Supreme Court's proper affirmative action decision and the joke surrounding January 6th. They also discussed Donald Trump. But after nearly 20 minutes of questions, President Biden made a face, stood up from his seat, shook Miss Wallace's hand, and then walked off the set while she was offering a preview of the next segment of her show. This incident surprised viewers, cameramen, and staffers at MSNBC because the cameras continued to film Joe Biden as he scampered off the stage. The momentary exit prompted varied reactions. Master Bates, Andrew Bates, Biden's White House Deputy Press Secretary, referred to it as a power move, implying that the president intends to leave a lasting impression. I wish the camera would have zoomed in on the chair to see the shit stain. 
On the other hand, Jason Miller, a former campaign aide to former President Donald Trump, called it bizarre and criticized the interview for not addressing specific topics, like Biden's cocaine head son's Hunter's business dealings, or Biden's age and health. Some questioned Miss Wallace's decision to not ask about these issues, given her experience in political journalism. The recent incident adds to the list, however, of notable gaffes made by gropey Joe Biden. He recently referred to Rishi Sunak as Mr. President. He recently ended a speech with God Save the Queen, the Queen's dead, along with all those other dead people you seem to see and talk to, Mr. Biden. He even asked about that deceased congresswoman. While the incident itself might seem trivial, it fuels ongoing debates about Biden's ability to effectively lead the nation. Many of his critics argue that his gaffes, his lies, his unscripted moments, his being lost on stages, tripping up flights of stairs, tripping over imaginary sandbags, talking to the back of a stage instead of to the audience, raise doubts about his mental acuity, his ability to handle the pressures of the presidency. On the other hand, his supporters argue that these incidents are just minor. They don't overshadow his policy agenda or accomplishments. What accomplishments? We're still in the midst of 40 plus year high inflation. We're in the midst of rising interest rates, short supplies. We're on the brink of war with Russia, China, North Korea, and others. Many social media users express their thoughts about this particular incident. One Twitter user wrote, here's the thing. If he genuinely is losing his faculties, then he should be being supported and gently encouraged to step down. That's a nice one. Another user commented, that's sad. It happens to lots of people, but they aren't running a country. He really must step down. And one Twitter user wrote, if you watch the way Joe Biden walks, it's very similar to what you see amongst patients in a psychiatric ward who use drugs to keep them calm. Joe Biden is losing his mind. But he also has lost his temper a lot recently because, you know, get off my lawn, old man type syndrome. Earlier this year, he was caught on a hot mic referring to a Fox News reporter as, quote, a stupid son of a bitch, unquote. According to a Buzzy report on Monday in the Axios publication, members of the president's own staff are very familiar with his type of derision. The report asserts that Biden, contrary to his public image, has a quick-trigger temper that frequently leads him to berating staffers with foul and abusive language. The report includes Old Yeller in its headline, and examples of Biden's outburst include, God damn it, how the F don't you know this, and variations on that theme. The White House refuses to comment, but the Axios story was written by Alex Thompson and includes the sentiment of presidential defenders who say that getting berated by Biden is something of a welcome initiation and that if it doesn't happen, it's a sign that Biden doesn't respect the person. Gee, that's a funny way of showing respect, you son of a bitch. You don't know what the F you're doing, goddammit. Sorry, I hate to use the Lord's name in vain on this publication. However, I'm just quoting the president. Other people say they wish the public was more familiar with this side of Biden because it counters the image that some may have of a disengaged old man. Some quick reactions, right? From the right side of the political spectrum, a post at Red State sees the behavior as detestable for a president and accuses Axios of undercutting its own reporting by allowing some people to cast his temper tantrums in a somehow positive light. You can see the double standard applied here and the hypocrisy at play. Accusations of Donald Trump having a temper, and he did. If he had done this type of stuff to his staff, however, that would have been bad as well. 
Accusations of Donald Trump having a bad temper were treated by the press as, quote, terrifying and disqualifying, if you might recall. Another site, Twitchy, points to Biden's promise made publicly in the year 2021, quoting the president here, if you're ever working with me and I hear you treat another with disrespect, I promise I will fire you on the spot. Rules for thee and not for me, gropey Joe Biden? It is one of his lifelong calling cards. And the bad news keeps coming regarding the scandals involving President Joe Biden's son, Hunter. Last week, the 46th president once again denied any involvement with his son's questionable business dealings with foreign nationals. It's a sentiment that many voters in the country refuse to believe because we know that Joe Biden and his crime family are deeply involved in criminal activity worldwide. This harms the reputation of the president and the nation. A recent poll conducted by Rasmussen revealed that 58% of likely U.S. voters believe the president was involved in Hunter's foreign business transactions. This includes 44% of respondents who consider it very likely that Joe Biden was directly involved. So, how do you silence your enemies? If you're Joe Biden, you ridicule them, then you shame them, then you indict them, then you make them disappear. The Department of Justice announced an eight-count indictment against Gal Luft. Gal Luft, in case you don't know, is a former Israeli military officer and sought-after House Oversight Committee witness. Mr. Luft recently came forward to allege that he had evidence of the Biden crime family's involvement in bribery and in payments directly connected to the Chinese military intelligence organizations. The U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of New York said in a statement that Luft willfully failed to register on the Foreign Agents Registration Act. Oops. Additionally, Luft has been charged with arms trafficking, Iranian sanctions violations, and making false statements to U.S. federal agents. How can you charge a person who's not a U.S. citizen with making false statements to a U.S. federal agent? Hmm. In a 14-minute video filmed at an undisclosed location on Wednesday, for fear of his own life being killed off by Biden's goons, Gal Luft insisted any claims against him are false. He said in the video, I volunteered to inform the U.S. government about potential security breach and about compromising information about a man vying to be the next president, Joe Biden, and now being hunted by the very same people who I informed. Let me be clear, I am not a Republican or a Democrat. I have no political motive or agenda. I did it out of deep concern that if the Bidens were to come to power, the country would be facing the same traumatic Russia collusion scandal, only this time it would be China. Sadly, because of the Department of Justice's cover-up, this is exactly what happened. Mr. Luft is an Israeli professor. He was arrested in Cyprus to try and stop him from testifying before the Congressional U.S. committees regarding the bribery allegations against the Biden family. He said, I warned the government about political risk to the integrity of the 2020 elections. Ask yourself, who is the real criminal in this story? He called himself patient zero of the Biden family investigation. He said he wanted the minutes from the March 2019 Brussels meeting where he revealed key information about the Biden family to a delegation of six federal officials to be released. And why wouldn't you release that information? Unless, of course, you're a Biden and that information will bury you. In the 14-minute video, 
Mr. Luft alleged that one of the federal agents who had met him in March of 2019 was the same FBI agent Joshua Wilson who signed the subpoena for and seized Hunter Biden's laptop and then hid it for how long? In November of 2019, Wilson got the device number of the MacBook Pro and determined it was indeed Biden's by matching it to his Apple ID and iCloud account. Mr. Luft says they had enough time to investigate the issue, but they did not investigate the issue. The House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer, Republican out of Kentucky, was preparing to interview Luft as a potential witness in the Biden family inquiry. And then Mr. Luft disappeared without a trace. The DOJ said in a statement on Monday, Luft told multiple lies about his crimes to law enforcement. He conspired with others in an effort to act within the United States to advance the interest of the People's Republic of China as agents of the China-based principles. Luft says he may have to live on the run for the rest of his life. I am certain he would be Hillaried if he ever came back to the United States. And if you don't know what being Hillaried is, ask the corpses and the surviving family members of those who mysteriously died each and every time any of them tried to say something negative against the Clinton crime family. Let's switch gears here for a moment. Bud Light is back on TV and radio trying to get you to drink their piss water once again. According to Ariel Zilber in the New York Post, a Bud Light commercial has sparked mockery amid the Dylan Mulvaney flap. Americans are saying we're done with you. Bud Light's latest commercial ignited scorn and derision from social media users online who said the ad unwittingly depicted the brewer, Anheuser-Busch's, failure to address their ill-fated tie-up with the little boy pretending to be a little girl, Dylan Mulvaney. The nation's former top beer brand has been gradually losing market share to an upstart called Modelo Especial and to Corona and to other beer brands. In the course of the past few months, Bud Light has decided to try a light-hearted commercial on its official page to sway your attention. The ad shows a picnic goer, a woman devouring a hearty watermelon, but she was a white woman eating watermelon? Isn't that racist? Isn't that virtue signaling? Isn't that cultural appropriation? When will you learn, Bud Light? I'm sorry, let me get back to this article. The ad shows a picnic goer devouring a hearty watermelon while inclement weather sends others in the area scurrying for cover as paper plates and cans of Bud Light are sent flying through the air. The white woman eating the watermelon observes the chaos surrounding her and simply continues munching down on the watermelon. The caption read, It's fine. This is fine. Mimicking a popular meme which depicts a dog drinking coffee while his home is engulfed in flames. It's fine. This is fine. Reaction, of course, on Twitter was scathing from users who continue to insist that Anheuser-Busch must offer a full-throated, deeply truthful apology for its decision to partner with a transqueer. One Twitter user, still urging a further boycott of Bud Light, wrote, and I quote, uh, nope, we're done with you, unquote. Another Twitter user commented that the commercial was a depiction of what was actually taking place at the Bud Light corporate offices. There's the woman, there she is, devouring a watermelon. One Twitter user wrote, we're getting an inside look at Bud's corporate office today. After talking with representatives, they say, it's fine, this is fine. Nothing to see here, folks, move along, right? 
Bud Light was at it once again, showing a GIF animation of a beer can being cracked open. I'm sorry, cracked open. <laughs> Freudian slip. The caption on the tweet reads, The best beer is an open beer. Naysayers posted snarky responses, including one who wrote, Based on your declining sales and market share, the best beer is literally anything else. The Twitter commenter posted a photo of the bottle of Modelo Especial, whose global distribution is unfortunately owned by InBev, Anheuser-Busch's parent company, but the U.S.-based operations are run by Constellation Brands. Meanwhile, sales of Bud Light continue to slump and were in the toilet over the critical 4th of July holiday period, according to the latest industry figures. Bud Light sales plunged 28.5% in the week ending July 1st. Think about that, and that's just slightly worse than the 27.9% decline the previous week. July 1st, apple pie, Chevrolets, hot dogs, and anything but Bud Light, I guess. This time of year, people would ordinarily be hauling butt to the grocery store, the liquor store, the wholesale club, and stocking up on cases of Bud Light. But since they decided they wanted to go woke, Americans are making sure that Bud Light goes broke. Hey, you're listening to the Truth Hurts program. I'm going to read some quick headlines to you here. Trigger warnings are now everywhere. The cultural elite must think we're stupid. Philadelphia mass shooting was obviously planned, the DA says, but his investigation will likely take many, many months. Bubba Wallace has a blunt message for what he calls racist NASCAR fans. Health professionals are now being told to call vaginas bonus holes instead of vaginas. A transgender cyclist won the race in the female category and claims the goal was to stir controversy and prove that male-born athletes actually have the advantage. This article in Buzz Loving says a transgender cyclist believes there should be a particular category for trans athletes. And to prove a point, Na Huarin went to win a race dressed like a woman, identifying as a transgender. All you have to do when you sign up is say transgender and they have to let you race. Otherwise, well, it's transphobic. The Wall of Waste, Washington Examiner's Anna Giertelli writes, Biden ending Trump wall leaves a border rancher with a field of rusting steel. That's right, boys and girls, your tax dollars went during the Trump administration to purchase the wall-making materials to secure our southern border. Biden shut it down on day one, and now all of that steel, property of the U.S. government, is sitting on a rancher's property, rusting away to nothing. He can't haul it away. That would be a federal crime. We're not using it to build the wall, so it just sits there and rusts. Article in the publication 1945 says, Kamala Harris can't even put a sentence together. As a lawyer, she should be able to do more than string one sentence together. That's the least one might expect from a woman who is one skipped heartbeat away from being your president. The vice president should, presumably, be gifted with an ability to capture the attention of those who listen to her, to convince naysayers, and to communicate effectively to journalists, dignitaries, and members of the public. But throughout her time in politics, Kamala Harris has proven herself incapable of making her point without cackling nervously, repeating herself incessantly, and stumbling, bumbling, mumbling, and fumbling over her words as though she's trying to imitate her boss, gropey Joe Biden. She's like a high school student, nervously delivering her first ever assignment in class. During a live discussion at the 2023 
Essence Festival of Culture in New Orleans. The vice president struggled to elaborate on her thoughts about culture, the central theme for the event at which she was speaking. She said, quote, Culture is, it is a reflection of our moment and our time, right? And present culture is the way we express how we're feeling about the moment, and we should always find times to express how we feel about the moment. That is a reflection of joy because, you know, it comes in the morning. The audience didn't seem to get what she thought was a joke, but Harris started cackling and laughing as if she had just delivered the greatest one-liner joke in the history of jokes. But that wasn't all. Harris continued, We have to find ways to also express the way we feel about the moment in terms of just having language and a connection to how people are experiencing life. And I think about it that way too. Of course, widespread ridicule follows. Maybe the coke in the White House didn't belong to Hunter Biden after all. The Republican National Committee's research account offered little in the way of mockery or derision in the tweet. They chose instead to simply note that Harris was attempting to explain the word culture and quoting the vice president word for word. Of course, the Democratic National Committee is pissed that the Republican National Committee used the actual audio and video of Harris's mumbling and stumbling to prove the point. We don't need to ridicule her. She's doing it to herself. This is the Truth Hurts program. Finally, in a publication called A Piece of Travel, the woke bubble bursts. Most to least woke states ranked. How does your state measure up? According to Merriam-Webster, the literal definition of woke is aware of and actively attentive to important societal facts and issues, especially issues of racial and social justice, though the term has also been co-opted to refer to politically extreme liberal attitudes, rightfully so. According to this article, in order to determine a state's wokeness, six factors are taken into consideration. Number of Black Lives Matter protests in that state, Percentage of residents who attended a BLM protest, voting data, average education level, number of organic farms per state, and the average kombucha consumption. What the hell? All right, let's go, shall we? Oregon, with almost 1,000 organic farms and a high average of voter turnout of 58.2%, tops the charts as the most woke state in the U.S., it was reported that 10% of the entire population of the state of Oregon attended at least one of that state's 1,368 BLM protests. Okay, stay the hell out of Oregon, boys and girls. Number two, their neighbor to the north, Washington State, 1,396 organic farms, 6.4% of their residents have attended a Black Lives Matter protest. Vermont, on the other side of the country, hello Ben and Jerry's, hello Bernie Sanders, with 865 organic farms, 11% participation in BLM. Colorado had a very impressive 53.8% voter turnout, 580 organic farms, so they're very woke. California came in at number five. Six was Minnesota. Number seven, Massachusetts. Number eight, New York. And number nine, the state of Maine. Number 10, Wisconsin. Number 11, Pennsylvania. How about Illinois at number 12, Michigan at number 13, Montana 14, that's amazing. The state of Iowa, woke Iowans wield their political power with 56% voter turnout and a thousand organic farms for social justice. 
Virginia, you know, home of another guy who can't string two sentences together, came in at number 16, New Hampshire at 17, Connecticut at number 18, rounding out the top 20 at New Jersey number 19, and North Carolina at number 20. Let's go to the opposite end of the spectrum, Arkansas, the least woke state according to this article. Voter turnout at 40%, 1% of the locals or less attended a BLM protest. Not so woke West Virginia residents didn't appear to have a passion for social justice. They were number 49. The state of Louisiana with swampy terrain could be the excuse for a lack of organic farms. There's only 44. 47% voter turnout and less than 1% participation in BLM protests show Louisiana to be number 48 in the wokeness category. Alabama, number 47. You know, in Birmingham, they love the Gubna. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Mississippi, less than 1% of Mississippi residents attended a BLM protest. Number 46. Oklahoma came in at number 45. South Carolina, 44. Nevada, 43. Delaware, 42. South Dakota, number 41. And North Dakota, number 40. All right, if you didn't hear your state mentioned, you're somewhere in the lousy middle. Folks, I have run out of time for this edition of the Truth Hurts program. Go out there and make it a terrific Tuesday. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye for now. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. I do apologize in advance if you are offended, but I retract absolutely nothing because I speak the truth, even though sometimes the truth hurts. Background music courtesy of Jason Shaw and Audionautics. Copyright 2023, the Truth Hurts Program Network, all rights reserved. This program is pre-recorded. Thank you for listening to the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. I apologize if you were offended, but I retract nothing because I speak the truth. Background music courtesy of Jason Shaw and Audionautics. This program is pre-recorded. Copyright 2023, the Truth Hurts Program Network, all rights reserved.